I have known the owners of the Outdoorsmen in Phoenix for over 20 years. They are the authority on optics and hunting gear. Outdoorsmen is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods, mounting accessories, and pack systems for all hunters. Their customer service is the best in the business. Go to Outdoorsmen's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any products. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have the owner and head designer, co-owner, I guess I should say, Drew Rouse of Real Game Calls. Drew, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, just unwinding a little bit after the the busy archery season that we had up here. And uh, yeah, things are good, man. How about it yourself? It was awesome to keep, yeah, good. It was awesome to keep up with you Um that's one thing I love about social media these days is you can keep up with all your buddies and get uh, hunt recaps. And I love on your Instagram how you were doing, you know, daily updates and, and videos and, you know, kind of some instructional stuff. Um, I tell you what's been amazing for me to see, I've gotten unreal feedback from guys using the elk reel, um, you know, which is, uh, one of the main calls that uh, Real Game Calls makes, but the Elk Reel um, had several guide buddies of mine that, uh, you know, used it this season and, and said they used the heck out of it and, uh, you know, tried to beat it up. And um, the authentic sounds, uh, you know, it keeps coming back to me. And then I guess where I'm going is on your Instagram, it's the, the, the feedback and the pictures of, of all the people that, that use the elk reel this year. Um, it's really got to be rewarding to see people having success, being able to, uh, you know, make authentic cow, cow elk sounds, uh, particularly and, uh, having a lot of success actually calling elk in. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it's been really cool. Um, you know, I got, tons of messages on Instagram or emails and, and even some phone calls from people that, you know, I sat down in a meadow, I used your call and first opening morning of the muzzleloader season. And I was tagged out in 20 minutes, you know, stuff like that. And they're just like, man, or, you know, they, they never hunted elk before. And they said, you know, they got our, they got the call from me and Ben and they went out and killed their first bull and how, you know, people are really excited when something like that happens anyways. So, you know, it's been really cool. Like, just seeing how happy everybody is that, that, you know, even people that didn't tag out or whatever that um, used the call and called in a bunch of elk and, and got to experience just the interaction with the animals. And uh, those people have been calling me too, just being like, hey, man, I didn't tag out, but, man, this is awesome. You know, I called yeah. in. So. That's got to be extremely rewarding. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things. I think this is the actual first full season. I mean, we're not even Colorado, Montana, Utah. There's all sorts of elk hunts. You know, I think the first season in Colorado rifle uh, starts on Saturday here in, you know, a couple days. And we're not even through the first season, but, you know, we're, we're pretty much through the archery season. Um, and this is kind of the first real season after you got your patents and everything all taken care of where you actually were were mass producing this call and getting it out there and you know just so to get the hundreds of 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 testimonials and pictures and and everything as quickly as you did i noticed like early on in september all of a sudden boom 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 your instagram you were getting photos and i was getting guys sending me photos of 
you know, saying, Jay, thanks for turning me on to the elk reel. Um, pretty dang satisfying to know that, uh, you know, I, I had guys that have called elk for a long time that, you know, said they love the call as well as people that, you know, have never been able to make good sounds. It's it, for those people, it's gotta be really cool that, you know, they finally found a call that, 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 you know, anybody can use this call. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, if you've never used a call, you can absolutely pick it up. And what I got sent a video from, uh, one of our team guys is a uh, nephew who's three years old playing the thing the other day. So, you know, but like you said, people that were experts or, or have been elk hunting a lot longer than me have reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, like I'm able to say things in elk language that I could never, you know, do before. And, and then, not, and not only that, but like I, every single time I try and do it, it never once failed me. And that's really cool. Cause like, that was my, idea in designing it was like let's make something that works every time and uh consistency yeah 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 Yeah. uh drew for those listeners out there that maybe didn't catch um our first podcast that we did prior to elk season um give a little bit of your background you come from a a competitive uh i guess it's called down or mountain style i forget the exact name but you can you can correct me mountain style uh aggressive skiing and, and uh, backcountry skiing and, and, uh, you're a ski maker and, and you got the idea about this elk call. Uh, tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself, even if you feel like it's redundant from the first episode, cause maybe there's some people that didn't hear that one. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, uh, I moved to Colorado in the late nineties. Um, I worked at a ski shop in high school and I wanted to be a pro skier. I had some misguided dreams but um anyways i uh moved out here i competed in a whole bunch of different kinds of skiing i think the last thing i was competing in was big mountain um and uh i ski in a lot of like ads for Vail resorts and stuff i had a few sponsors and stuff like that and uh i ended up as part owner of a ski company called gray skis that was based in denver and things just kind of weren't going right with it. It's a really hard business to make money. And uh, my business partner kind of, you know, he gave it his all and kind of just decided that, uh, you know, that was all he had. And so I decided to move it up to the mountains. And um, I had developed a prototype of the elk reel um, what, four years ago now and just kind of been sitting on it with the patent applications. And, you know, me and Ben were using it. and. Uh, testing it just developing it as we went along but um this thing kind of snowballed in in may i found out like what you know how my patent application was doing and i was like okay we can't afford to sit on our hands with this anymore you know we stopped making skis and we've uh dove full into this ever since uh you know <clears throat> and then what it's now like four or five months later and uh you know things are just really taken off with it so we haven't made any you skis know- in a while so I'm not, I'm not even sure, you know, how that's going to go. That's not breaking your heart, is it? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, like, I, I liked making skis, and it's awesome. But it's, like I said, it's a really hard business to make money. And I think K2 skis just went under, and they're one of the biggest manufacturers there is. So I like, and I like this business. I mean, making elk calls, like, it, it really doesn't get any better for me. I, I love calling elk and um, being in the woods. And so I'm, I'm happy as can be with the you know, with the development of us making elk calls and maybe not making any skis. 
Yeah, you know, um, the first time I heard about you, I had just gotten to Colorado. It was kind of late May, and and I can't every year I go from Arizona here to Colorado and spend the summers there in Carbondale. And I ran into a friend of mine, Michael Shook, who's a, a adventure skier and backcountry skier there in Carbondale. He sells real estate and uh, is a fly fishing guide also, and just uh, really good shape mountain bikes. Just a been a friend for a long, long time. And he says, Hey, Jay, I says, I was, um, I was at this uh, party, uh, over near Vale and, uh, got to talking to some guys and, and, uh, they make elk calls. I said, really? And, and he said, yeah, he said, I, uh, one thing led to another and your name kind of came up. And, and he said, I, he said, I, I told these guys, I, I would tell you about their elk call. So he had me kind of, I was like, huh, what is it? And he's like, at the time, your website was uh, elkreel.com, and he's like, "Here, here's the information." And it was actually Ben's information, your partner. And so I checked it out on uh, the website and went on there and checked it out. And as soon as I heard the sound on YouTube, I picked up the phone the next day and I called and I said, "Hey, um, I got I got to see this call firsthand. I, I got to see what's making this this you know real nasally this this real sweet sound." And so I drove from Carbondale um, up to Gypsum, um, where your uh, headquarters are, and uh, pulled in there, and uh, you guys were in there cutting all sorts of stuff, and there was dust flying, and it was awesome. Sawdust was, you know, it was cool, and and, um, you handed me one, and you're like, try it out, and it was amazing right out of the get-go, you know, how nasally and how sweet and it just had that particular sound and I thought man this is this is something and um you know getting to meet you that day and and telling you you know I I felt like you really had something you know I think it's it's one thing to hear a sound and go yeah there's something here that is different as far as different than other calls out there there's nothing that can make this sound in my opinion there's that certain nasal uh, authentic quality to it that that's different than any call out there. Um, you know, it was like, oh man, I got I got to get some of these calls. And we sat there for probably thirty minutes, you, me, and Ben just chatting and calling. And my mind was kind of blown. But one thing that's pretty cool is to hear something like that and see it, and then and then know that it's it's validated. I mean, I know what a good elk call sounds like. But then to have it, you know, you start mass producing it and then to have it go through a, a, you know, a September season and get feedback from guys, you know, literally all over the Western U.S. um, having that same success and recognizing the quality of sound that I heard. um, It's pretty neat to see a company out of gypsum just, you know, literally blow up and you and Ben are making calls as fast as you can. You've already made a pretty cool little um, adjustment in the call, and and I think it will help with the with the consistency by having those um, you know plastic tabs. And um, talk to me a little bit about the trial and error period of you know you've had it for four years, and you know you're kind of constantly tweaking it and and trying to make it better and more consistent. Um, is that one of the biggest challenges you have as a call maker? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's just you, you, like we came up with a good idea and it worked, 
but it's like you always want to make things better. So, and then you have to like, you know, we have to be in business. So we have to sell some. So you're like, well, I'm doing product development, but at the same time I got to say, well, this is good. This will work and people will like this. So let's sell these like this. But then, you know, I mean, as, as things progress, you know, like I'm not sure how many we had made to start this season. It was quite a few, but you know, now we've made in the thousands. Well, practice makes everybody better. So, um, you know, just getting more efficient in how we make it. And like you said, we, we started getting some pins made of plastic to go and hold the reed in place. And that really helps the consistency, the smooth surface of the plastic pins makes the reed sit just that much better. Um, so, yeah. So how, how did your, um, sorry to interrupt you. How did your season, uh, it started out with a bang. I, I believe you called a cow in right away to point blank range and, uh, you just, you just filled your tag right off the bat. Tell me a little bit about how your season, uh, started and how it progressed. Oh yeah, no, it definitely started off hot. Like, I think, I think we were talking about last time when we did the last episode about how, um, the bulls would start the season bugling. You were asking me if they bugled the opening week. Well, yeah, they were screaming, but it was all the little bulls, you know, and once they called in a hunter or two, you know, and they spooked by day three, they had stopped. And so day two, they were still talking in the morning and me and Ben got out there in the dark, hiking up the mountain. And, um, he saw two five by fives who were bugling and, and we got right on them. And, you know, I was like, well, you go. And, uh, try and shoot it and I'll try and call it in and we got separated so I'm walking up the mountain and uh just walking on a game trail and elk walking right at me so I stopped put the elk reel in my mouth and chirped at it a couple times and it just picked up its head looked at me for a second put its head back down started walking at me and uh walked behind a tree and what I did I chirped it like 10 yards to stop it and shot it in the heart so yeah, that was a great start to the season. Uh, the elk really responded well to the call, and and I was pumped because it'd seen me walking and then just stopped, stopped it and had it come in, and that's pretty cool. When elk normally see people, they usually just take off. So, well, um, I think that goes to the authentic sound, and and you know, it was sure that it was an elk, and and, and you know, it 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 might have seen your outline and what have you. You probably had good camo on, and but the sound alone put it at at ease and. That's one of the things I noticed using it this season is it, it's, you know, especially elk that have been pressured. Um, you know, I, I think making quality, consistent, you know, good sounds is important. And I think the call too, it doesn't allow you to blow it too loud. And I think that will really help people where it, you know, I don't think you can blow this call too loud where I think there's other external read calls that, you know, they may, guys may be able to make good sounds out of it, but they end up blowing the call too loud. I think this call, for whatever reason, you know, yeah, you can blow it pretty loud, but I don't think you can get so loud that you're going to like blow elk out. So I think that's another thing that, you know, makes it pretty sweet is you can get soft and, you know, a little subtle, little, you know, inside the herd talk as well as, you know, kind of locator and getting them fired up. Um, did you notice as the season progressed, uh, you know, drawing your call out and, and you know, having a, having a more um, estrusy type type sound and, and, and 
nasally type sound? Did you find that you got more reaction? And, and I was curious what the feedback was that on that as well. Well, I don't think that I really try to change my technique for calling for the whole season. Um, I think when you hit that really high-pitched note, even on your like short, sweet, and like low-volume notes, I think it just makes a big difference. You know, when when I hear elk or when I get close to them, especially this year, like really trying to pay attention to like everything they would do and everything they'd say on like a another level of like just wanting to learn more and they just sound so high pitch especially like once they get pressured you know they'll just do a really soft and high pitched kind of mute so but when i would try and call i would try and sound like multiple elk so i would do that estrus kind of um assembly mew that, that chris yeah. Rowe talks about and like that demanding kind of drawn yeah. out kind of, yeah. So I'd start with some calf chirps and real high, you know, like basically the the videos that you were putting on your Instagram, you were doing really good, what I consider like high pitch calf kind of like sounds. And, um, yeah. So doing that and starting out with that and then transitioning into the um, assembly mew and then a, a real nice demanding whine at the end of it. And then going back to the high pitch calf sounds and then, you know, I I was bugling with the reed this or the reel this year, so pretty much didn't carry anything but a tube that I bought and uh, two elk reels or three elk reels, depending on on the day it was. And I would just bugle with one and bugle with the other and try and sound like two different little bulls. Just hey, I got some cows up here, and um, but even the last night of the season, I called in. I think it was about eight cows and a six by six, and. Uh, you know, by that point in the season, they're they're super spooked, especially where I was hunting that night. And uh, they still came in. They came right in. And had Ben been with me, uh, I might have had him shoot that bull. But he just, uh, when I got to about 50 yards and his cow spooked on me, and if I'd had a shooter there, it probably would have been a slam dunk. So Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was just really cool to see how they reacted to it. I mean, Last year, the year before, I'd kind of go out in the woods, and I mean, I grew up in Maryland, so I'm definitely not the best elk hunter in the world. I'm not the best elk caller, and, and I'm trying to learn more as we go, but, you know, I'm going out into the woods and calling an elk, and it was, you know, it's really cool uh, to, see, to see the way they reacted to the, well, to what I was able to learn over the summer, like listening to your podcast and listening to some of the stuff that you did with uh, Michael Park and Chris Rowe, and uh, even... Um, the Phelps episodes. I learned a lot from them. So for sure, uh, for sure. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break here. GoHunt.com Insider is by far the most valuable tool a Western hunter could give themselves. GoHunt.com Insider are the industry leaders and number one source for Western hunting for a lot of reasons. GoHunt.com Insider have changed the game for how hunts and hunting information are found. Within a matter of minutes, using filtering 2.0, you'll be able to filter by state, species, residency, odds of drawing a tag, specific hunting dates, and harvest success percentages to find the hunts that fit exactly what you're looking for. If you are a guy that applies across the West or just in your home state but want to find some new opportunity, there's no better way to do it than using GoHunt.com Insider. As an exclusive offer to my listeners, if you sign up for a GoHunt.com Insider membership for $149 a year and use the promo code JSCOTT 
at checkout, you'll receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Head on over to gohunt.com forward slash insider and get yourself the most valuable membership a hunter could have. PhoneScope is a company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. It is simple to text photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Get yours now by using the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at Phonescope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at Phonescope. Okay, Drew, um, we've got uh, Colorado uh, rifle seasons are starting here, and they're going to have the first, second, third, and fourth rifle season, and I'm curious your thoughts on uh, the elk reel and... You know, do, do you think the call will be as effective as the rifle seasons go on? And, and curious what your thoughts are as far as uh, vocalizations. And, I, you know, I talked to Cliff Gray uh, earlier and he was thinking that this first rifle season, they're actually probably going to be bugling pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Curious, curious your thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, second rifle season a couple of years ago, I shot a bull that bugled outside my tent all night. So, there's, you know, the cows are going to come back in the second cycle and there's still some rut activity going on, you know? So first season here coming up, um, last year, most, I wouldn't say most of our elk got killed by rifle hunters, but a good, a good portion of the elk that we killed last year when I gave calls out to a bunch of my buddies, um, after the patents went pending, I started handing them out to people being like, try this. I want some feedback. And a lot of them were rifle hunters. So they had a lot of positive results last season and i don't expect that it's going to be any different but i will say that the way that you use it might change as the season goes on like you know starting out first season these elk haven't been hunted well especially i can only say, speak for here in colorado but they haven't been hunted since about you know the last week of september so they should be happy and bugling and and you know bulls chasing cows and um you know if i if I had a tag, that's what I'd be doing opening morning. I'd be calling and trying to call on a bull or calling a bunch of cows, towing their bull behind them. Um, and then I think I, you know, I did a lot of still hunting when I've, I've hunted a lot of cows over the years with a, with a rifle. And I would always use my call, uh, my open read call and muffle it as much as I could to make it as quiet as possible. And then I would still hunt and, you know, the elk when, you know, they hear another elk walking through the woods, they might give you a couple seconds to get a shot off. And I think that that's probably as the rifle seasons progress, how, you know, you should change your tactics from, Hey, I'm going to sit in a meadow and try and call on a bull to, Hey, I'm going to go try and dig a spooked bull out of the timber and sound like another elk, you know, creeping through the timber. And, uh, I think the consistency and the fact that you can blow it really quietly, um, will help those kind of hunters. And, you know, people, standing in the meadow and they see elk running by they were spooked well if you blow this thing as loud as you can you know you're going to absolutely get a good sound and stop that elk and maybe you can get a shot off using a call that way so i mean there's a bunch of different ways to use an elk call um but for for sure and you actually um 
you've you've been telling me that you were using it. You've been using it in the spring to um, call turkeys, and uh, wasn't very long ago I got a picture that you had uh, called in a turkey. Tell me how that went down. How 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 that all happened. Well, it's funny. It's a funny story because <clears throat> I met this girl that listened to your show the last time. So I've been kind of dating her, and she's a hunting guide in Western Colorado at the Kessler Canyon Ranch. So, so wait a minute, I, before you get into this, so the J. Scott Outdoors podcast is now a, a, a romance service and, and helping guys with their dating lives? I guess so. You know, it's just a, it's just a small world. <laughs> I she love it. Col- yeah, she went to college <laughs> with uh, with one of our pro staff girls. It's like an elk hunting guide in Northwest Colorado, uh, Amanda. And Amanda introduced me. One thing led to another. We started hanging out and talking about hunting. We have all the same interests. So we've just been hanging yeah. out and... Yeah, I'll add that uh, to my testimonials. Yeah, you can put that on your on your resume, dating dating <laughs> services. <laughs> um, okay, but, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, but she works at the Kessler Canyon Ranch, so the manager that their gym uh, does all manages all the hunting and everything invited me out and said, "Hey, got a ton of turkeys. Why don't you come out and hunt? You know, there's going to be anybody here for a couple of days." And so uh, I went out there with Megan, and um, yeah, I used the turkey call prototype. It's a little bit different than the elk reel. It, it functions exactly the same and there's the same kind of consistency and easy, uh, easy to use. And then like a variable volume. Um, so I use that and, uh, what I saw some turkeys underneath the cottonwoods and kind of just creeping along using the call and they were going the other way. And I turned them around and had them walking towards me. And so I'm kind of like tiptoeing up from one cottonwood to another, if you can imagine like, uh, Elmer Fudd using my call in my mouth with my bow there and uh yeah i ended up getting a nice tom with like a nice nine or ten inch beard and no that's pretty cool so you said he was strutting around like it was springtime there was four of them yeah there was four toms and a couple of jakes and the toms you know that i started doing some some yelps and i mean i'm not an expert in like what turkeys are saying i'd like to learn a lot more about it but you know i did a couple of cuts and some, some putts and some yelps and Sure enough, they fanned out and started strutting. So I was just like, man, that's really cool. And I was filming and my camera, like, I need to bring Ben. He's a much better filmer than I am because my camera stopped filming. And so I just left it in the field and uh, I didn't get any of it on film. But it was pretty cool nonetheless just to see him strutting in the fall. I, I just figured, you know, maybe I'd stop him from going away from me or interest him in some other turkeys over there. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but they might have had love, <laughs> love on their mind. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty neat. Uh, so are you going to be mass producing turkey call as well for, for the elk reel? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I spent the last, geez, months beefing up our patent application and, and working with my intellectual property attorneys. And so we added that a while ago, and then we've added a bunch of other stuff. You know, I mean, the call functionally as an elk call, I've had people calling in deer. Um, in Wisconsin already. So, you know, I need to work on it and tweak it and, and do a lot of product development before we ever release any kind of a deer call. But I think just if it will make the same kind of sound that an open read call will make, then there's no reason to think that it won't. You know, you can't use it as, a you know, in between different kinds of species. So we've called in turkeys and shot those. Um, I've made a variation that I use for predator calling. Um, you know, so I think the sky's the limit with it. It's just a 
amazing how it's gone from just wanting to make a little elk call to what we got planned now so yeah that's that's pretty neat to be able to transition and and have seasons transition and be able to you know you've been using the call for you know lots of different things it's 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 got to be pretty neat to see how you know you're kind of moving with the seasons and being able to you know it's just fun probably making your own call and then having it be a success yeah i mean exactly i mean i you know, I've been trying to stay humble and trying to uh, smell the roses as we go along. But I mean, it's been really cool because it really is an innovative thing and people, it really helps people to, to hunt and be more productive with their hunting. So, I mean, it's taken off in like a manner that I wouldn't have not imagined. So, you know, it's just a, a, a really rewarding experience. And um, like, I've tried to just make sure that, that me and Ben, you know, uh, enjoy the ride as much as we can. So, I mean, I'm going to go hunt a mule deer buck with my buddy who's coming to town and then I'm going to go to Wisconsin and hunt deer and then we're going to come back here and then you know before we know it, it'll be trade show season and then we'll be hunting turkeys again and then into the elk thing again so I mean it's going to be quite the ride over the what the next 12 months I think so that's great um do you have any specific trade shows that you know you're going to be at for sure yeah we're doing a bunch of the ISE shows um in Denver and Salt Lake and uh, Scottsdale, and then I'm going to be at the ATA show, and then our calendar is going to fill up, I think, here real quick. But, um, you know, with us putting most of our energy into producing elk calls and trying to keep up with the archery hunter's demand, um, I have just now started back to, hey, this is a business, and uh, we need to strategize and come up with what we're going to be doing all winter. So um, I don't think it's going to be any problem to sell a bunch of elk calls just the, it's just the execution at this point you know come up with a good strategy and then go and execute the plan this winter and see what happens so that's awesome i know um after our last podcast i think that a couple days later you sent me a text said the floodgates have been open it sounds like you had a, a big uh push from from podcast listeners uh ordering the elk reel and um that's fantastic and I encourage the listeners out there um, to definitely check out. Uh, Drew has a new website, uh, realgamecalls.com, and you can actually go on there and order uh, these calls, and you can use the J. Scott promo code, and believe that gives them a 20% discount. Is that true, Drew? Yeah, that's true. So go on there, and you can awesome. order um, as many as you want and use that discount code. So, so with... Um, you know, obviously the changing of the seasons, moving into rifle seasons, but we're also uh, moving into a season that typically is one of your favorite in that uh, ski season. Um, have you guys got much snow there yet or had any preliminary storms or what's the forecast look? Uh, any any early, any storms predicted or anything coming up for this November or what's it looking like? I haven't really paid too much attention to the outlook for the winter. Um, but we did have some snowstorms, so it's already snowed in town. Um, we had snow during the end of the archery season, and I think it's snowed a couple times since then. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much skiing I'm going to get to do this winter, but I'm going to enjoy it when I when I do get to go. Um, but, like, probably be on the road a bunch. I think Ben's going to mainly take over the production of the calls, and then I'm going to – I mean, I've got so much other stuff 
I got so much stuff going on. It's, it's crazy. So we're trying to split up like our workload, if you will. And, and that way we can uh, <clears throat> divide and conquer. And I think I'll be on the road a lot this winter. So, but that's all right. You know, I'm a, uh, I really love being able to go out and talk to people about elk calling and, and meeting like after your podcast, I was getting a, a countless amount of phone calls from people who just wanted to talk to me about elk hunting, which is you know, awesome. awesome. So, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, I thought it was cool during the right during the middle of the season, you and I were exchanging some texts and you, you said that very thing. You said uh, something to the effect of, you know, enjoy it, you know, sm- take time to smell the roses. And that resonated with me. Um, and we had we had pretty good texts going back and forth. And, you know, it, it, it's easy when you get in the middle of season and things are hectic and, you know, you've got scheduling and you're just you're you're trying to pound it day in and day out and and you know sometimes you have to just make yourself stop slow down and enjoy it um because you know it's it's one of those things that doesn't last all year long as far as you know elk bugling you know you may get a month maybe you know maybe a month and a half uh you know depending on where you're at so um you know it's it's certainly brought perspective for me and and uh that was a cool perspective that you were able to to twist on it for sure yeah no me enjoy it while you can like i think every morning when i would be hiking up the mountain you know wherever i was hunting or just trying to reflect as i was going up like i mean this just doesn't happen so enjoy it and uh, enjoy like every part of it so even if some of it's hard you know that's you know like i think one of the things i learned in skiing is the many times that i for my ACL or did something, I had to rehab it back. Like, I think I've learned to enjoy that, you know, as I look back, like, you know, you could have just walked away, you could have just quit, but you never did. So you just enjoy it. And it's like, kind of like when you're hiking up the mountain, you know, it's early in the morning, you're like 15 days in or something and you're tired and you just kind of wanted to stay in bed or whatever. Just enjoy the suffering. Just the struggle is the the prize, if you will, you know, like you're not going to get to do that in, in a couple of weeks. So, you know, just trying to keep some perspective on it. Like, hey, this might be not the most enjoyable part of elk hunting, but I'm going to try and savor it because it's going to be fleeting and then I'm going to have to wait 11 months to get sure. to go bow hunt elk again. So, yeah. Sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, buddy, um, congrats on the success of, of your company and, and the success of, you know, developing a call that, that works so well for so many people. And uh, I know I had great success with it this year and and um, just really enjoyed using it and had good reaction from the elk and uh, posted some videos on my Instagram account. I know you've got uh, some great stuff on your Instagram account. Um, can you, uh, I, I believe I said the real uh, realgamecalls.com and then the Instagram is just real game, at realgamecalls on Instagram. Um and if if they want to order calls, the best way is just to go right on the website and uh, pick out the call that they like, and, and they can order it right there, correct? Yeah, that's the best way to do it. I mean, if people have questions or they want to, you know, what the difference is between the calls, I think we put up a better description of what the difference is. It's just the wood. Wood changes the pitch yeah. of the call slightly. Um, I believe yeah. that Zero Cote call, the Z that we ended up calling it, um, and ended up being probably our most popular call. We sold out of it right away, and, and we, you know, have been selling tons of those. But if yeah, go on the website. That's the best way to get it. And if you have questions, 
um, call the phone number. We'll pick up. Yeah. And you've got uh, you've got those Z calls back back and and uh, you you found an, another place to get the wood and so I think you're you're uh, going to be able to fulfill those orders again, right? Yeah, no, we've got it back on the website and I don't anticipate we'll run out again this season. Um, so that would you know that's our plan anyways, trying to have enough to to sell for the rest of the year and then we'll get into trying to take this thing retail after the season um, so that you won't have to order it off the website. Hopefully you'll just be able to go down to the your local sporting goods store and pick up your elk reel, which, you know, that'll be a lot better for, uh, for everyone being able to just go grab one. So. Awesome, buddy. Well, um, can't wait to talk to you. Uh, can't wait to hear how these next couple hunts uh, with your buddies and such go and uh, turkey season will be here before we know it as well. And, Right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to try and smell the roses as we move forward here. And, um, yeah, just, uh, appreciate your sponsorship of this podcast and, uh, uh, yeah, look forward to getting out and doing some fishing next summer, uh, when I get up there and, and, uh, if you get out and do some skiing, uh, be safe and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll shred it up, up and down the mountain. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Maybe I'll see you at a trade show or something too down the road. So, um, want to encourage my listeners to check out your website and just, uh, thanks for your friendship. Yeah, no, thanks Jay. I appreciate it. You know, it's been, uh, been good getting to know you and, uh, chatting with you about elk. It's not a, you know, my friends are all jealous. They're like, what do you mean you get to bounce tips off Jay Scott? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, I appreciate your support of the podcast and, uh, uh, awesome calls. Uh, loved using them. Uh, can't wait to mess with the Turkey calls and such, uh, coming up. And, um, for me, elk season's kind of winding down and, uh, transitioning here to, to coos deer and mule deer and, and sheep. And, uh, like I said, turkey season will be here before we know it. So it's just awesome time. It's that time of year that we all look forward to and, and, uh, we're right in the middle of it. So, uh, God bless you, buddy. I'll, uh, catch you later and, um, look forward to, uh, speaking with you down the road here. Yep. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Real game calls featuring the elk reel. Real Game Calls makes innovative, realistic, and easy-to-master calls using their proprietary, revolutionary design. They are located and manufactured in Gypsum, Colorado. Their calls were designed and battle-tested on some of the hardest-hunted terrain on Earth. Check out ElkReel.com. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a 20% discount on all purchases. Go to www.ElkReel.com.